Welcome to Great Commission Conversations, a program where we engage in conversation with Bible-believing Christian workers who are serious about getting the gospel around the world. I'm Lee Cadenhead, an assistant pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee, and your host for this Great Commission Conversation. We're back on the topic of marriage and missions today in my interview with Brother Stephen, who serves in a creative access country in Southern Asia. Brother Stephen has a gracious but straightforward manner of addressing this important subject, and he levels the responsibility precisely where the Bible does, on the man, the head of the home, and the savior of the body, according to Ephesians 5. Today, we continue the conversation about the marital pressures of the foreign field and the nature and duties of balancing marriage and ministry. Thank you again for tuning in to this second part of the interview with Brother Stephen on the subject of marriage and missions. Whatever pressure we feel to get in there and get the job done, even if it means neglecting our family, that is not coming from God's people. That's coming from another source. So first of all, if he can just remember that, and if he can remember his field, his first field that God ever gave him was his wife. He is the husbandman. Adam was an husbandman. He tended the garden. He was responsible for nourishing the garden. He was responsible for the, for what happened in that garden. And then that husbandman became a husband. His responsibilities towards his wife are similar. He's responsible for nourishing her, for cherishing her. He's responsible for her growth. He's responsible for doing whatever it takes to to provide an atmosphere that she can, she as an individual child of God can thrive in this foreign place. And that's his first call. It wasn't his second call. It was his first call. Okay. And if he can remember that, because so many husbands say, well, I'm neglecting my call. If I take all this time to focus on my wife, well, he's neglecting his call. If he doesn't, as it pertains to pastors, I, 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 am a, I appreciate a, a missionary that is conscious of his accountability to his supporting churches. And I know that, I know that men want to have something to report to their supporters. But I, I, one thing I know that, that supporting pastors don't want to read is about a failed marriage on a foreign Ab- mission field. Absolutely. That's absolutely the last thing that, that, a, that a supporting pastor wants to read about. But brother, I, I think that I think that sometimes for for missionaries they're so and and it's pressure that you, you've said it well I think that a lot of missionaries bring this pressure to bear on on themselves or they they pick it up from even other sources and and not not divine not proper not holy sources but the the great commission has a tendency sometimes in the in the heart and the emphasis of of a man that is called to a foreign mission field, it eclipses certain other responsibilities that are scriptural. And you cannot, a man cannot trade one commandment for another. We are, we, we, we don't have that luxury. Just as surely as a man is called to go and teach all nations, he is equally called to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And you don't get to pick between those two things. 
That is so true. You, you know, and Brother Lee, another side of that is this. If I'm a, having grown up on a farm, by the way, there's a, there's certain, there, I guess one of the main pieces of equipment in the day that I grew up on a farm was our tractor. And we took to every time we would go out and disc a field or, or plow a field or mow hay or whatever, we, we tended to that tractor. You know, we made sure everything was, was maintenance was done and everything was right because, you know, if the tractor goes down, you're not going to mow 20 acres of hay without it. Okay. I mean, you just, you just won't. Now I said that to say this. So not on, not only is our wives a field, but also of equal importance, our wife is the help that God designed perfectly fit for us. Yeah. So, so look, if, if I'm neglecting, uh, and, and I, I use the word neglect, but sometimes neglect is just not providing a flourishing environment and whether that's neglect or whatever it is. But, but if I'm not providing a flourishing environment for my wife, not only am I, am I neglecting my field, but also I'm hurting the work. She is the one when God saw me and said, look, this man needs help. He, (laughs) he designed, he, 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 he perfectly designed a, a, a wife for me whose name is Jill. And if, if I, and I, I don't, and certainly she's more to me than this, but I'm foolish if I don't utilize all that she is in this work. Okay. So if I go to the field and I focus on the work while she focuses on whatever she focuses on, then not only is that separating us, but also I'm losing this tool. I I hate to use that term, but I'm using this. There's a better word that's probably in your mind. Well, she's at, at minimum, we use a Bible term help. Exactly. Because she's the help that's meet for, for, for me. your ministry. That's exactly. right. For all aspects of what I do. And if my purpose on this planet is to get the gospel to this, to glorify God first, as I carry the gospel to this country in South Asia, then God has designed this person to be the perfect help for me in that process, not just to do the, not just to do the menial task while I do the real work, you know, yes, but, 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 but to help me in that, in that process. Do you think brother that, um, that the tendency that, that some of us have, some men have when, when we go to the, to the foreign field and, hit the ground running, so to speak. And I'm not, I'm not against that, uh, that, but there's, but there's gotta be a balance between the ministry, the outward ministry and the, and the internal domestic ministry. Um, it, it seems like, it seems like some guys are so invested on the front end of that, of that missions effort that it, they're learning, they're learning the language and often their wives are not learning the language. Their children are not learning the language. They're out doing ministry um, and sometimes their wives are not so much included, and you part part of that perhaps is is just the security piece. You're you're in a you're in a part of the world where there are 
were there certain places perhaps or certain things that you could endeavor to do that perhaps your your younger kids I, I don't know but it seems like there's a certain danger for a wife becoming isolated in that first term and compounding really what is already a difficult situation have you observed that yourself absolutely i have brother lee and i think this is how we did it all right i'm not saying this is the way to do it but this is how we did it for some reason i had this i had this bone in my head that what we did we would do together and if we couldn't do it together then it's just not something we're ready to do yet and so when we went into war zones and sat on the sand and preached the gospel while bombs were going off in the background, my wife was at my side and our children were there. Some children, sometimes some were there, some others were not. They, as they got older, we kind of split up and we had two things going on. Sure. When we were in a Muslim village and our and men were surrounding our van and rocking it because there was a death threat on my head. My wife was in that van. My son was in that van. We we were a team. Now, obviously there's some things that it would be inappropriate for a four year old to sit in on. <laughs> yeah. But our but our seven year old daughter was in a Muslim village teaching Muslim children the song Appa, uh, Father Abraham. And they were marching around the village going, Appa Abraham, anyway. So we saw our children. We were a group. It wasn't one missionary and then the family. It was a team of seven. Our kids were not missionary kids. They were kid missionaries. And we found a way to get them involved in everything, just like you do, Brother Lee, just like any, just like I did when I was an assistant pastor, just like I did when I pastored. Our kids went on. I didn't, the kids didn't stay home and watch TV while I went door knocking. We all went door knocking. The kids didn't stay home and play basketball while we went to the flea markets and, and gave out tracks. Our kids were there giving out tracks. I mean, that's just the methodology that I had in my head. And that's what we brought to the field. And we continued that when we got there. <clears throat> so was your was your wife in a position where she was having to, sounds like she would have, did she make an effort to, to pick up some of the language and, and to uh, adapt the same way that you would to the culture there? Absolutely. We had language lessons. My wife, myself, and our oldest, our oldest two children, they were old enough to handle that type of formal instruction. And we, we set that up in such a manner that it was all or nothing. Sure. And it wasn't some, don't get me wrong, it wasn't some wisdom I had along those lines, but it was just as important for my wife to get the language as yeah. it is for me. Well, I, I think, brother, that um, you've already stated that the enemy is going to attack the family. And, and to do that, the enemy is going to attack the marriage because that's the that's that's foundational to the rest of the home. And in attacking the marriage, if if we if we take the the biblical the biblical account at face value, typically he's going to attack the wife. Absolutely, he's going to come after the weaker vessel, 
And in doing that, at least in the way that that went down uh, in the in the prototype for all temptation and 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 spiritual warfare in Genesis three, uh, among other things, the enemy isolated that woman. And I'm afraid that that is a that that's a, a commonplace occurrence on on the foreign mission field, if uh, if husbands are not pretty vigilant in uh, involving their their wives in acclimating to that culture and developing an outlet for so that they can be involved and so that they can communicate as well. That is perfectly articulated. The the the. The wife, according to the Bible, uh, there's a lot of things in the Bible that my, through my eyes, I do not see, but I know it's true because God said so. Though I would certainly put my wife way ahead of where I am spiritually if in my own assessment. But God says she's the weaker vessel. Yeah. And, you know, our enemy knows that. And so, yes, the wife will definitely be attacked. I'll say one more thing. I was, um, when Jill and I were just beginning this process, we were at a, a, our own missions candidate school with the board we were with. And there was a veteran and he said this, he said, if your marriage requires uh, an hour a day of effort in the United States, when you get to the field, it's going to require two hours a day. Wow. He said, you need to double whatever it is. And, and whereas almost every case we shrink it and it, and it, you know, God, God allowed us to hear some things from people that God kind of stuck in our hearts. So I'll say this down to kind of a more where the rubber meets the road, um, in this situation, a man and his wife need to spend time together every day doing nothing but sharing their hearts with each other. It doesn't matter if it's 15 minutes, 30, whatever, whatever you can squeeze in because with children, it's hard. It's very difficult to pull that time aside, but there needs to be a time, even though your wife may not be out there listening to the bombs go off. And even though your wife may not be dealing with chickens, laying eggs while you're trying to preach the gospel, but you need to have a time where you share that with her and she shares what happened in her day with you. So that, that must happen because that, that the sweetness, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, that the sweetness of a man's friend is enhanced by hearty counsel. And so you and your wife, your oneness as friends, as co-laborers, that is going to be strengthened only by you and her sitting down on a daily basis and sharing your hearts with each other. And I, and I want to emphasize this point. It's the husband's responsibility to make that happen. Amen. Amen. That's a, that's a hard truth, brother. <laughs> we, yes. we, we can be mighty dull, can't we? <laughs> yes, we can, because that's not our thing. We're not, basically we're not heart communicators, you sure. know, f- female, uh, just one of the natural differences is they are two women can get together and within 15 minutes, they're the best friends in the world and they're sharing their deepest, darkest secrets. But brother Lee, you and I've known each other a while, 
but it's going to take a lot, lot longer before we start sharing our deepest, darkest secrets. So, but our women are just naturally in that they do that. But so we, as men, we've got, you know what that's called? That's called sacrificial love. That's called giving yourself for your wife. As you're doing what's in comfort, maybe a little uncomfortable for you because the marriage demands it. You know, Brother Stephen, my, my pastor, the first time I heard him say it, it, boy, it cut me to the quick. But um, most of us have had some seasons of prayer where we could do all the talking and get off of our knees and feel great about the time that we had spent. And uh, there have been too many too many times where where I did not afford that to my wife when she had something on her heart uh, that she wanted to share with me. And um, I, I suppose that there's just so much at stake with the work of missions and uh, making a priority to give your ear to your wife on a foreign field seems like it would be mighty important in the maintenance of that, of that relationship. Amen. And you know, and you know, Brother Lee, along that, that, that is, that's so excellent. And along those same lines, every time I talk to Jesus, you know what you like on this conversation today, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to depart here in a little while. And when I'm talking to someone on the phone or whatever, and eventually somebody says, well, you know, y'all have a good day. I got to go or whatever. Eventually someone initiates the departure, mm-hmm. but Jesus never, ever has in other words, he's never said, okay, you know, I got another appointment. I got a role. Jesus is always, I'm always the one. I'm always the one that says, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's yeah. always there, always open for the conversation to continue. Sh- should we want it to? Sure. Well, brother, before, before we depart in this conversation, let me ask you two more questions and, and I'll frame these on opposite ends of the of the missionary timeline, so to speak. I want to go back, first of all, to to the initiation of a missionary endeavor. You, at the beginning of this conversation, described the experience that you had at that missions jubilee all the way back in 1999 when the Lord dealt with both you and your wife. But I also appreciate that, that you framed that rather carefully. I know I caught it. I hope our listeners caught it that you had a call on your life, but you described your, your wife as having a call to you. She, her, her calling was always to, to support you because she's the help meet. And I, there are scenarios. There's no doubt that you're familiar with them. I've seen, uh, I've seen a number of scenarios where there's a man that has a, what he might describe as a calling, um, a, a strong sense of God's leadership to serve in foreign missions but he finds his wife to be less willing in some time, in some cases, um, strongly opposed to, to such an endeavor. Uh, how do you counsel a young man that's trying to nurture his, his marriage? Um, and, and at the same time, he, he feels a strong draw to foreign mission service, but his wife's not on board. What do you tell a, what do you tell a brother that's in such a state? Well, the, the first thing I, would want that man to know is that God has ordained this. He put you together and God's what God has joined together. God said, let no man put asunder. 
you and your wife, a man and his wife, are one. They are no more two. Now, I know we're, we're, we're individual. We have our individual relationship with God. My wife's responsible for her relationship with God, and I'm responsible for my relationship with God. And, and I know this is a great mystery, how all this works. <laughs> you know, I know that. Right. But essentially, when God, there are some men who, uh, who go to the field without a wife, those men who have the license to do that are men who've never been married. <laughs> so if you're a married man, that's not an option for you yeah. because God joined you to your wife. And when God sees you, you are one. Now, I'm suppose that I'm going to play softball, but my leg is broken. I'm not going to go to the coach and say, you know, I'd love to play, but I just can't get my leg on board. It you see, my wife and I are one. And so when I even have this mindset that I want to go, but my wife's not ready. You're already you're dividing yourself from your wife in your own heart. Here's the correct response. We're not ready to go yet. We're just not. Okay. This unit, this in my case, it's a Stephen Jill unit. This Stephen Jill unit. If any part of this unit is not ready, that means the unit's not ready. Sure. And I'm not going to start getting bitter and angry at my foot because it's not ready. It's just not ready. Okay. So that's, that's step one is understanding that, that it's not like I'm ready, but my wife's not. That requires, and I, 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 hope, I hope that's easy to see, that requires one to separate oneself from one's wife. And God said, look, I made you one and I'm not going to set any, any effort to separate from, from what I made one to make it two is not of God. Okay. Secondly, well, what's he, he's also responsible for the health of the unit. So if my wife isn't ready and it's my job to nurture her, whose fault is that? I've got to take, now it may not be my fault that my wife's what she is because we're all sinners saved by grace, amen. But sure. I'm the guy, God put a man in my wife's life to nurture her. That's to promote her health, to promote her ability, to promote her capacity to serve God in any way he sees fit. And if she's not fit, God puts somebody in her life to help her get fit. So not only do I have to see us as one unit and not be talking about I'm ready, but she's not, but I need to be thinking about this unit isn't ready. What can I do to help promote its becoming ready? Yes. And that's the proper focus. Right. And so, and then and it may be a year. And Brother Lee, I know a man, a godly, godly man, and it was nine years it was nine years until God had him and his wife both prepared for the mission field. I know a man, one of the godliest men I've ever known. It took him 40 years on the backside of a desert. 
before he got ready. So God's timing and God can do more his way in five seconds than we can do our way in 50 years. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, I, I, I've got a, I've got a good verse for, for the man in such a state as I described and <laughs> good out of Colossians three nineteen. husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. I mean, all you can do is get, is get down to the loving part and, and do the nurturing and do the sanctifying and do the cleansing. It's a whole lot better to go, uh, as a unit prepared than it is to go with a home divided and have your, have your efforts compromised from the very beginning. And, so, you know, Brother Lee, that's so perfect because, you know, I've had this temptation. You know, I see this, I see this uh, couple maybe in church and I'm thinking, you know, they would be a perfect Sunday school teacher. They they would, I could get them in a class and they could just be awesome. But they, they tend, they tend to miss church on Wednesday night. And so I'm thinking, well, if I put them in this class, maybe it'll make them faithful. But that's not God's way. <laughs> yeah, brother Stephen, I, as a pastor, I've I've tried that on any number of occasions. I <laughs> yes. can't remember it ever working out. It never works. <laughs> and so, for that missionary to say, "My wife's not ready," but if I throw her in the if I throw her in the fire, she'll get ready. No, she won't. Bad plan. You take Bad your plan. time and nurture. And I love it the way you said it. And well, the way you read it from the scriptures—that's the way God put it. You you got one tool, you know, as husbands. We have one tool, and that's unconditional, sacrificial love. And our wives will always respond to that. And even if, you know, there, there may be cases where the wife's not even saved. But I'll tell you what, it's the goodness of God that led me to repentance. Yes, sir. And it's his gentleness that has made us great. Yes, sir. And if that man will love that wife, even if she's lost, with Christ-like love, that's the tool to lead her exactly where she needs to be in this process. Well, brother, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, and because this, this area of marriage is, a, is frequently a problem area, in all honesty. Where, when there's a breakdown in the mission's endeavor, it's not uncommon for it to happen in the marital relationship. You've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. And, and that's why I want to have this conversation, but I don't want to, I don't want to send certainly the wrong signal about the joys and the blessedness of marriage and missions. Um, it's pretty evident and it's part of why I wanted to have this conversation with you, not only your candor about this, about this topic, but uh, the, the very clear uh, love and appreciation that is shared between you and Mrs. Jill, um, it's, it's, it's pretty evident for anybody that's been around the two of you that you have a great relationship and that there's, that, that there's not a, that there's not a sense of, of resentment or it, there's not a burdensomeness about your co-labor in the gospel. And for what it's, for whatever it's worth, I know a whole lot more, a great many more examples of wonderful marriages and, longevity in the work of missions, I can, I can point to more of those examples, believe it or not, I can point to more of those examples in my exposure to missions and missionaries than I can to married couples that, that flopped, that marriages that failed and missions that uh, didn't, that didn't have any um, continuity and longevity. 
So maybe you could con- comment, and as we close the conversation here, what what do you what do you find are some of the joys and some of the blessings that married couples can experience as they serve Christ together on a foreign field? You know, I, you look in the book of John and John chapter seventeen um, in our Lord's Prayer, and uh, he he talks to his Father about many things, but one thing he he talks about is oneness that they may be one in us, I and you and the, them and us and, and this, this oneness thing as, and as we become more and more Christ-like um, there's this, there's this unity. There's this oneness that we have with the Lord Jesus as we get this flesh crucified and et cetera, et cetera. Well, our marriages there, there's this place of oneness that. God, it's 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 my it's my understanding of marriage actually that God has designed marriage for, and I believe that Adam and Eve had that before sin came, and when sin came, that was broken, and all through the Bible, it's hard to find an example of any marriage that we can look to and say, you know, that's a good marriage. I want to pattern my life after. I mean, it's just difficult to find one. It's true. Yeah. Because all through the old Testament, no one, no one was regenerated. I mean, they were all saved that, you know, those who had faith were going to heaven, et cetera. But as far as the, as far as being born again, being regenerated, having Christ in them, the hope of glory, they didn't have that until Jesus being the first fruits of them that slept, uh, provided that possibility for all of us. So there's a oneness in marriage that that I believe we all yearn for and long for. But the the first requirement is that both the husband and the wife be born again. They must have Christ in them because oneness cannot happen any other way. Okay, so that being the case, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. There is a camaraderie. There's a partnership. There's a fellowship that happens when two people labor together. There's a fellowship that happens between warriors, between soldiers, when they lock arms and they, they charge the enemy together. And, you know, even even the Bible says that David and Jonathan had a had a love, and I'm not quoting this correctly, but I think you know where I'm referring to, that was above women. Yeah. What they had was they had the they had the this unique relationship of going into battle together. When you and your wife get to that level where you're doing the work of God together as a unit, as one, there's a side of marriage that that opens us up to that really brotherly, I never, I never knew it existed. And there's a joy and there's a, a oneness with each other and with the Lord that comes along with that, that honestly is totally unspeakable. And, 
and that's the special thing. That's the special side of this. My wife and I, we've been back in the States uh, since uh, March because COVID required all foreigners to leave our country. And we found out this week that we're going to get to go back. Amen. In fact, we're going back, Lord willing. The plan is to go back. We're going to be leaving here this coming Thursday. We'll be flying out of Dallas. And that bond between the two of us as two soldiers going back to the field is beyond words. In the military side, every any person who is in the military knows exactly what I'm talking about. They left their f wife, they left their children to go to, on a deployment for six months or a year or whatever long. And they were encouraged to keep your mind focused on the war and off your family and, and let them do their thing while you do your thing. But that is not God's way. If a man and his wife can get on that airplane together and strap on those arms together and parachute out that door together and land in that dark, dark place together, shining God's light together with their children. There's nothing like it on the planet. And so, yeah, Amen. that would be my answer. <laughs> Amen. Well, I think that's a, a good thing to leave our, our listeners with it is as much as this topic of marriage is has of marriage has been fraught with difficulty, with challenges, oftentimes as we look at uh, at missions, modern missions, or or missions uh, efforts of days gone past. Marriage has sometimes been a problem area, but marriage and missions together can uh, produce a joy, as you say. That's just uh, it's it's difficult to describe. It's unspeakable, and. Uh, Something that uh, sort of has to be experienced, I suppose, to really appreciate. And I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you describing that for us today, brother Stephen. Thanks so much for your insight on this topic. Uh, God bless you as you as you make your way back to Southern Asia. I'm excited for you and Miss Jill, and and not just for the two of you, but what the what the Lord is putting together in a in a larger way for that part of the world. Just really, really exciting to see what may develop. And uh, I appreciate you taking a little bit of your time today to invest in some other missionaries and interested parties. And I think that this informs us of, uh, of some pitfalls and, and some blessings, and hopefully also informs our prayers for uh, missionary laborers around the world as they, as husbands and wives, face uh, the, this daunting task of getting the gospel to the ends of the earth and confronting the enemy on his territory and doing it together and uh, and being of one accord moving forward. So I really appreciate your time, brother. Thanks, Brother Lee. It was a great honor. We, we appreciate you, and we're praying for you, and uh, praise God for all he's using you to do. I thought we got some excellent counsel on marriage and missions in the course of this conversation, and I sincerely hope that it's been a help to you. If you did find it to be helpful, by all means pass it along to someone else who might benefit from Brother Stephen's wisdom and experience with this topic. 
You can subscribe to this program wherever you receive your podcasts, and I always welcome your feedback. You can contact me, Brother Lee, by email at greatcommissionconversations at gmail.com. Until next time, let's do what we can together with our wives and our children to preach the gospel in the regions beyond.